0: Is what I've noticed in my life, maybe you've noticed this in your life, is a lot of times when I start out praying for something, Lord, that having a hard time with that guy, soften his heart, open his eyes to Christ, Lord, work in that situation that that may be fixed for you. And really, what happens is God says, as I'm praying, God says, Well, you know what? The way I'm going to answer this prayer is not working in his heart, but I'm going to work on your heart. Well, that's not what I prayed for. <laughs> but sometimes when I don't quote unquote get my answers, it's because God is working on me, and he's answering the prayer by changing my heart rather than changing the people that I want him to change. I had a situation that happened out here recently, and <coughs> excuse me, I shared it with Dawn, and I said, this is what's going to happen. I said, here, here's problem A. I know how this person is going to respond in problem A, and then therefore it's going to lead to problem B, and so then it's going to lead to problem C. So pray with me that problem A just doesn't happen. Well, problem A happened. Okay, God didn't quote-unquote answer my prayer. Because I said, Lord, I don't want this to happen because once this happens, it's going to be a domino effect. This person's going to get upset. This person's going to get frustrated. And then everybody's going to be mad. Well, I was praying about it, wanting the Lord to fix problem A, and I really felt like the Lord said, no, I'm allowing that little thistle, that little thorn of problem A to happen because that person you're trying to protect from getting upset They need to allow that thistle and thorn in their life. It's a heart issue for them. They need to allow themselves to be poked by that, to be frustrated, so that way they can work through it on their own. See, my prayer request is, Lord, just don't have the problem happen. Let's just all live in this fake peace. God says the problem is a heart issue. He goes, I need to allow that issue to happen, to allow that person's heart to be worked on. So was my prayer answered? No. It just wasn't answered the way I want it. See, here's the thing. God answers every prayer. He's answering your prayer. The truth of the matter is you just don't like the answer. That's not a prayer issue. That's a maturity issue. God's answering your prayers. You just don't like them. And so therefore, why doesn't God do anything? He is doing things. I don't see it. Maybe you don't see it yet. Then we just got done studying the book of Esther. God is working and moving behind the scenes even when we don't see it. Once again, our fast food McDonald's society is I want to pray right now and immediately see the answer in 30 seconds. That's not how it works. Daniel waited 21 days for an answer to his prayer. Prayer gives time for the Lord to work on our heart. Prayer gives time for the Lord to work on their heart. And some of the prayers you're praying right now, you may not see answered even in your lifetime. You may not. You have to trust that you are planting seeds in prayer that may not sprout until maybe years or maybe even decades later. Once again, it's not a prayer issue. It's a maturity issue of trusting that God is moving and working even when we, quote, unquote, don't see it. Because he answers every prayer. He answers it with either yes, no, or wait. We just don't like the answer sometimes. But well, why does it seem like he's still not answering? Why does it seem like nothing's happening? Well, the first one I want to ask you is, did you ask him? Isn't that a simple one? Did you ask him? James 4, verse 2 James 4, verse 2 says, Yet you do not have because you did not ask. Now, how simple is the concept? People come up to me and they'll be like, I'm really feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling worried. I'm worked up about this. Well, have you prayed about it? Well, no. I would say that's a good step one. Is let's ask. Let's ask for peace. Let's ask for comfort. To ask for the lord's touch and healing on this situation we do not have because we did not ask how many times have we not given situations over to the lord but then we whined and complained about nothing changing once again i don't like the way that's being done in church have you prayed about it well no but i just want to complain about it. i don't like what's happening at work have you prayed for that co-worker no so we do not have because we did not ask let's give those things over to the next to the lord let's look at the next one so let's say you ask it still doesn't happen the way you want but check your motives James 4, verse 3, James 4, verse 3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. God says sometimes I say no to your prayers because I know your heart, and since I know your heart, it's going to cause more damage than what you think, so I'm saying no to that. Now, parents, don't we do the same thing with our kids? We say no. What do our kids do when we say no? They whine and complain. We do the same thing spiritually. That job was perfect for me. It was better hours. It was better pay. It was better location. I prayed about it, and I didn't get it. Well, thank the Lord. We have to trust that He knows what's best. We have to trust that He can look into our heart and realize that that situation may cause more damage than good. Oh, I know she's the one for me. Why didn't it work out? Because she's not the one for you. God knows that. See, we think it's perfect. So, Lord, rubber stamp it. By saying yes, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Our motives can be impure, and so sometimes God says no. Now, here's a tough one that we don't like to talk about too much. Is there maybe a reason why you don't feel like you're hearing the Lord or God's not answering your prayers? Is there maybe because there's sin in your life? That's a tough concept. But God makes it clear that there's sin in our life that hinders our relationship with the Lord. Now, I'm not saying hinders our relationship to the Lord to the point of salvation. I'm saying communication with God is not as strong as it could be. One of the most powerful verses in the Bible to us as husbands is 1 Peter 3, 7, that if we mistreat our wives, the Bible says our prayers are hindered. That's a powerful statement. I mean, imagine this at home. Imagine I walk into the room and Elias cold cocks Judah, and he's now passed out on the floor, busted lip, busted nose. So there's Judah on the floor, bleeding. Elias just got done hitting him. Elias comes up to me and says, Dad, can we go get ice cream? Now, what am I going to say to that? I'm a father. I don't mind giving my kids ice cream. I'm going to sit, and you know what, Elias? We'll talk about ice cream later. Let's deal with the Judah passed out on the floor with a broken nose here for a second? We have to deal with the sin issue first. See, this is what happens. Our life is a life not lined up with God, but yet we go to God saying, will you please do this for us? And it's not that God says no to punish you. He says, I would love to talk to you about that job situation. I would love to talk to you about that financial need. But let's talk about the sin issue first. And then we'll get to your prayer requests. God just has a bigger priority than we do. We're saying, Lord, ignore my sin for a while. I know I'm wrong and I don't care. And just please answer my prayer. God says, I will answer your prayer. But the best thing I can do is take care of your heart issue first. Sometimes sin gets in the way. And there's been times in my life where I've gone to pray about things. And that person comes up. That situation comes up. And you just feel yourself boiling and getting angry and hurt and upset. prayer almost goes out the window. I'm just focused on my flesh. God says, let's take care of the heart issue first, and then we can take care of the prayer request. Last one here. How's your faith? Faith is vital when it comes to prayer. Turn if you will to Mark chapter 11, please. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Faith is vital when it comes to prayer. It's trusting and believing that the Lord can work and move, even when we don't see it. Look here at Mark chapter 11, verse 22. How simple is this verse? So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whomever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. See, there's your, that's your problem. You want everything to happen in your life the way you want, you just have to have enough faith, right? Isn't that the way it works? So if God says no, it's your fault. The problem is that verse has been twisted that way, hasn't it? See, that's not what that passage is saying in any way whatsoever. God is trying to tell us there in that passage the importance of faith and believing and trusting that the Lord keeps can do and move and work what happens if your faith is the size of an ant stay in mark jump back to mark chapter 9 real quick one of my favorite stories part of a father here in mark 9 his boy is sick he comes to jesus and he wants him to be healed parents can't you put yourself in that position your child you want them to be healed so jesus responds in verse 23 of mark 9 jesus said to him if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes okay what happens if i can't believe Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's an honest prayer. Lord, my faith level is really low right now. I believe, I know you can move, I know you can work, I'm having doubts at this time, help my unbelief. Lord, help me to see what you can do. Help me to trust you more. Help me when my attitude here of unbelief. One more passage and then we're going to bring all these points together. Go to James chapter 1, please. James chapter 1 this idea of faith is vital that idea of trusting that God can move and work even when we don't see it James chapter 1 please says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 without faith it is impossible to please God God says I want you to believe and trust that I can work look at James 1 verse 5 if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and will be given to him don't you love the simplicity of that verse if you need wisdom you ask God God gives it to you how simple is that Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For not let that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. See, if the faith isn't there, I don't want to say you're limiting God because that puts God in a box, and I don't mean to say that at all. But we're saying, okay, Lord, take care of this situation, but I really just don't think you can do anything about it. It's beyond hope. Lord, save him. Yeah, but he's never gonna get saved. Lord, be with my marriage and it can help it be better. No, it's never I'm in the blank. Be with my kids that make good choices. They're never gonna make good choices. We, we have these double-minded ways. Lord, do this, but you can't. So why doesn't God just step in and do it to prove himself? Because God needs to prove himself to no man. Hasn't he proven himself? He created the world. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. What more does God have to do to prove himself? But that's what we want him to do spiritually. Lord, I don't know if you can do it. I mean, I think you can, but I don't really know. So just do it and show me that you can. That's not faith. That's making some type of deal with him on some type of way. God says, I want you to come to me in faith and believe that I can move and work and trust me. So what happens if your faith quota is pretty, pretty low? Well, we already talked about praying for more faith but this is also where all these elements come into prayer come into play i should say just like we talked about how a, a mature complete believer has a place where they serve they have they witness in their lives they have a time of fellowship they have a time of prayer and they're also in the word well romans 10:17 romans 10:17 says faith comes by hearing by hearing the word of god see when you're in god's word that increases your faith because as you read through this bible you say wow lord Over thousands of years, you have moved, you have worked, you have answered prayers. And just as you answered their prayers and moved in their lives, you can answer my prayers and move in my life for your glory. So as you get into the Word, it encourages you. As you're around other believers, seeing them struggle and them saying, I just need to pray and trust God, that encourages you. As you sit there for worship and you read those words, that encourages you. As you serve with people, that encourages you because you see them trusting God in the moment of sickness, in the moment of disease, and in the moment of death that encourages you. All these elements come together. If your prayer life is not as strong as you want and your faith is not as strong as you want, get into the Word. Get around other believers. Because when you're in that group, when you're in the Word, when you're in prayer, that encourages you. And that helps you. Prayer is a beautiful thing. It truly, truly is. And God does answer every prayer with a yes, a no, or a wait. But it's tough. Listening is one of the toughest things in prayer. But yet that's also one of the most fruitful things when we just sit and listen. It's amazing when God, nearly every man of God that has been called... The Lord had to bring him into the wilderness for a while. Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus spent 40 days. Uh, Apostle Paul spent three years. You can go down the list. Those wilderness times were there to strip us of everything else so we just have the Lord. In prayer, sometimes we just need to give that request to God and then step back and say, Lord, I'm listening. You're going to answer now through worship, through the body, through service, through through the word. You're going to answer. and I need to trust that you're going to do that. He will speak. He will listen. And this is why... You need to pray. It's a great part of your Christian walk. Now, we've covered the personal part of prayer. What about the corporate part? God wants us to pray as a body. God wants us to pray for each other. Why? You ever think about that? What's the, what's the point of praying? I mean, if God already knows what's going to happen, so then why am I praying? If God's already got things set in motion, why am I praying? Why would I tell other people to pray? I mean, is it like we nag God to get him to do something? Like, okay, Lord, here's the situation. i got hundreds of people praying. And does the God ever say, fine, I'm just going to do it just to shut you all up? no so why do we do that why do we say everybody pray for this why do we do this these are people you've never met The phone rings it's the prayer line at church hey my cousin fred from washington is sick pray for him never met cousin fred he'll never meet cousin fred so why am i stopping my day at that moment to pray for somebody i've never known and i've never met why would i grab the prayer request sheet back there that has a list a huge list of like say cancer needs i don't know any of these people Why would I take the time to pray for people I've never met and never know? I will say this for me personally. The reason I pray for those people is because there's going to come a time and a place where my cousin Fred from Washington is going to be sick, and I want you to pray for him, so I'm going to pray for yours. There's going to come a time and a place where I don't have a loved one on the cancer needs list right now, but I will, so I'm going to put that name on there, trusting that you're going to pray for them. I don't want lip service for prayer. I'll pray for you, James. Don't tell me about it. Please do it. (laughs) Just like I will pray for you. That's part of being a body is encouraging, supporting. There's a power in knowing that other people are lifting up your request. Have you thought about what that means? When somebody comes up and says, James, I was praying for you. That's one of the most powerful things and encouraging things you can tell me. You have 24 hours in your day, and you stopped part of your own personal time to say, I'm going to lift up James in prayer to God. Thank you for that. And I say that sincerely, and I mean that, that you would stop and say, I'm giving that person time in my day to pray for him. And that's why I always tell people when I say I'll pray for you, I don't ever say it lightly. I'm going to stop what I'm doing during that day and give your request over to God, and I will faithfully do that because I care about you, and I want you to care about me. That's part of the reason why we share these prayer requests. So that way, even though we've never met Cousin Fred from Washington, you lift up Cousin Fred one Wednesday night, you come back a few Wednesday nights later and say, hey, Cousin Fred's doing good. We all sit there and say amen. We all have an emotional attachment to what you're going through, and as a body of Christ, we care to have that i love on wednesday nights when someone lifts up a prayer request and then a few weeks later they lift up the praise and everybody claps and says amen we never met them we don't know them we're just thrilled that god moved and worked and there's a joy in being a corporate body so that's one way one reason i should say well then why else do we ask other people to pray because it gives god the glory more when more people are involved with it our chicken coop door broke a while ago a couple weeks ago and so i went out to fix it so i took out the screws took out the uh, screw gun. I was getting ready to go fix it. So the boys were outside playing. I said, hey guys, come over here. I want to show you this. So Kenan came over. He was with me right away. So Kenan was there. And I said, hey, Judah, Elias, come here. Next thing you know, Judah came over. And we waited a little bit. Elias was on the far, far side of the yard. And then eventually Elias came over. So I finally had all three of the boys there and sat down, showed them the screw, showed them how the screw gun worked. You push this button in, it makes the screw go in. Push this button the other way, it makes the screw come out. We all started screwing. Everybody did it and showed them everything and then sent them on their way. Great teaching moment. Now, I could have done that with Kenan, then with Judah, and then with Elias. I could have. But there's something about having everybody there together, going through it, and having that moment of being a body. I sometimes think that it's not that God has his hands tied or or God's not powerful enough. But when everybody is praying, when the Lord moves and works, we all get to share in the blessing of seeing that. He's kind of waiting for all of his kids to come here. Hey, guys, I'm going to move in this town. And as everybody's praying, as I move in this town, everybody's going to see it at the same time and be excited and see what God is doing. Why do we take time on a Sunday morning to, to show you slides and, and stuff about Belmore? Because we're excited about what God is doing. Why do we take time to talk about RVBS? Because we're excited about what God is doing. Why do we take time to talk about you know, the upcoming golf outing or you know, the Ridge thing or you know, fill in the blank, this or that? Because we're excited about what God is doing. And we want everybody to be a part of that, so that way when the Lord moves and works, it's exciting to see. So the reason we share those prayer requests is because we are a body. We want people praying for us. It's encouraging and uplifting. And I tell you this. One of the greatest things that you could ever say is when someone comes up and says, hey, I've been praying for you. It really means a lot. If I ever tell you that, I've been praying for you, don't take that as mere words. We've been giving those requests over to God. Last thing I'm going to say here about prayer, and there's some other points I wanted to get to and we didn't get to it. But... Um, Make sure you understand with prayer the vitalness and the importance of, of understanding and knowing the power of the Holy Spirit in your prayers, too. One of my favorite verses, is Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18, it's out of the New Living Translation. It says, pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a great verse? Pray at all times. When do you pray? All times. On every occasion. What do you give over to the Lord? Everything. How do you do it? In the power of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit trusting that God is able to move and work more than what you can ever imagine so first Timothy 2 8 I desire therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting everything you need to know is right there God says I want you to have a heart of prayer God also says I want you to pray without doubting that's your faith position I want you to pray lifting up your hands at the position physical whatever position that is lifting laying down whatever He goes, I want you to pray everywhere. You will grow so much in your walk with the Lord when you really open up your life to prayer and realize that God moves and works more than what you could ever imagine in that way. And I hope and pray that you have that personally and privately, but also corporately and also in your family and always too. The worship team wants to come forward here for the final song. just want to encourage